Hi guys, we're the GGGs and we're back with another video. If you're wondering why we're whispering, it's currently 106 a.m. <laughs> yeah, we're pulling an all nighter. So we've decided I actually really want to go to sleep now. But I'm really trying not to. I don't because I usually go um to sleep at two. Yesterday I went at three but three. Because I wanted to watch um with um yeah, yeah. and with any and with any I yeah. wanted to finish it. This so was good. Go watch it. So we have got love you, Gilbert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We both have crushes on Gilbert. Gilbert, Gilbert Bly, Lucas James, and we got girlfriend. She <laughs> <laughs> what? Period. <laughs> Alright, so, 30 very short tales of horror that are better than most scary movies you've watched. So, number one, this new old house by someone. I don't really care, I'm not going to say them. We bought an old house, my boyfriend and I. He's in charge of the new construction, converting the kitchen into the master bedroom, for instance. And I'm on wallpaper removal duty. The previous owner papered every wall and ceiling. Removing it is brutal, but oddly satisfying. The best feeling is getting a long peel, similar to your skin when you're peeling it from a sunburn. Ew, disgusting. I know about you, but I can't... I don't know about you, but I kind of make a game of peeling. On the hunt for the longest piece before it rips. Under a corner of the section of paper in every room is a person's name and a date. Curiously... Curiosity got the best of me one night when I googled one of the names and discovered that the person was actually a missing person. The missing date was matching the date under the wallpaper. The next day, I made a list of all the names and dates. Sure enough, each name was for a missing person with dates to the match. We notified to the match. We notified the police, who naturally sent out the crime scene team. I overheard one tech say, "Yep, it's human. Human." What's human? Ma'am, where is the material you removed from the walls already? This isn't the wallpaper you were removing. Oh my god. That's very scary. The next one, it's just too scary. I am not going to read it. It's just too scary. Um, Alright. Number four. Being read the first day of school by, you know, someone. It's such a rush to see them, and I know their time is numbered. There's like an illustration with like um a like writing. Okay, everyone loves the first day of school, right? New year, new classes, new friends. No, I hate new school. You never blend in. I don't know about you, but I hate it. It's a day full of potential and hope. Before all the dreary depressions of reality show up upon to ruin all the fun. I like the first day of school for a different reason though. You see, I have a sort of power. When I look at people, I can sense the sort of aura around them. A coloured outline based on how long the person has to live. Most everyone I meet around my age is surrounded by a solid green hue, which means they have plenty of time left. A fair amount of them have a yellow-orangish tinge to 
that word, which tends to mean a car crash or some other tragedy. Anything that takes people before their time, as they say. The real fun is when the auras venture into the red end of the spectrum, though. Every now and again, I'll see a th- someone who's basically a walking stoplight. Those are the ones who get murdered or kill themselves. It's such a rush to see them and know their time is numbered. With that in mind, with that in mind, with that in mind, I always get to class very early so I can scout out my classmates' fate. The first kid who walked in was basically radiating red. I chuckled to myself, too damn bad, bro. But as people kept walking in, they all had the same intense glow. I finally caught a glimpse of my rose-tinted reflection in the window, but I was too stunned to move. Our professor stepped in and locked the door. His aura, a sickening shade of green. Oh my god. Basically, if you didn't understand that, it was this woman who could tell if people are going to die or if they're going to live. And everyone was shining red in the classroom. And the professor came in and he shone green. So the professor locked the door and he was going to kill them all. Pretty scary if you can ask me. Can you pause the Netflix? <laughs> We've got Netflix on. Let me know what you've got to have. There's nothing on here to watch. Well, there's loads, but we don't really know. Um, let's do number six, my daughter learned to count by, you know, someone. My, my daughter woke me around 11.50 last night. My wife and I had picked her up. Oh, wait, that was the, what it said on the illustration. My daughter woke me around 11.50 last night. Oh, said the same thing. My wife and I had picked her up from her friend Sally's birthday party, brought her home and put her to bed. My wife went into the bedroom to read while I fell asleep, watching the Braves game. Daddy, she whispered, tugging my shirt sleeve, guess how old I'm going to be next month? I don't know, beauty, I said as I slipped on my glasses. How old, she smiled, and held up four fingers. It's 7.30 now. My wife and I have been up with her for almost eight hours. She still refuses to tell us where she got them. Okay. I don't understand that. If I would have to be next. Poor thing. That's a bit scary. Let's do... I'm going to try and have a look for some other ones. Okay, this is quite a long one, actually. So we'll read this one. Number eight. There's no reason to be afraid by, you know, someone. <laughs> Did I say that? But our favourite thing was the ghost. Okay, that's scary. Okay, I didn't want to read this. Okay, well, just for you. When my sister Betsy and I were kids, our family lived for a while in a charming old farmhouse. We loved exploring its dusty corners and climbing the apple tree in the backyard. Our favourite thing was the ghost. We called her mother because she seems so kind and nurturing. Some mornings, Betsy and I would wake up and stand on each of our nightstands. We'd find a cup that hadn't been there the night before. Mother had left them there, worried that we'd get thirsty. During the night, she just wanted to take care of us. 
Among the house's original furnishings was an antique wooden chair, which we kept against the back, of, back wall of the living room. Whenever we were preoccupied watching TV or playing a game, Mother would inch that chair forward across the room towards us. Sometimes she'd manage to move it all the way to the centre of the room. We always felt sad putting it back against the wall. Mother just wanted to be near us. Years later, long after we'd moved out, I found an old newspaper article about the farmhouse's original occupant, a widow. She'd murdered her two children by giving them each a cup of poisoned milk before bed. Then she ha- she'd hanged herself. The article included a photo of the farmhouse's, farmhouse's living room, with a woman's body hanging from a beam. Beneath her knocked over was that old wooden chair placed exactly in the centre of the room. That is scary. Funny. Let me say something. Hello. Hi. Sorry. Okay. I think I'll read you guys two more. And then I'll probably leave. It's really late, isn't it, Ellen? He's just watching TikTok, not even playing. Eleni. Don't need to turn off your phone. Where to go to go? She's obsessed with her phone. I can't even listen to you. Eleni. I'm not even listening to you. Okay. The Perfect Plan by someone again. I walked up to Mr. Quinn, the guidance counsellor, and shot him in the face three times. Jesus Christ. I think that what is on the illustration is going to pop up, that bit of text. It's going to pop up in the text. On Monday, I came up with the perfect plan. No one even knew we were friends. On Tuesday, he stole the gun from his dad. On Wednesday, we decided to make our move during the following day's pep rally. On Thursday, while the entire school was in the gym, we waited just outside the doors. I walked out first. Then he would take the gun and go into the gym, blasting. I would walk up to Mr. Quinn, the guidance counsellor, and shoot him in the face three times. And shot him in the face three times. He fell back into the gym, dead. The shots were deafening. We heard screams in the auditorium. No one could see us yet. I handed him the gun and whispered, Your turn. He ran into the gym and started firing. I followed. I followed. Um, where, where am I? I followed the moment after. He hadn't hit anyone yet. Kids were scrambling and hiding. It was a mayhem. I ran up behind him and tackled him. We struggled. I wrenched the gun out of his hands, turned it on him, and killed him. I closed his mouth forever. On Friday, I was anointed a hero. It was indeed the perfect plan. So, guys, I'm going to read you this last one because it just looks so good. And I really want to read it to you. I don't know if it's going to be a good one. Oh, there's number 11, which is called Hell. We might do it again like later because, you know, we're staying up all night. It's currently 1.17. So, this is called number 10, Warrior of God. But, you know, obviously, someone. 
I kill the monsters you don't ever want to know about. If God exists, why is there so much evil in the world? It's a common question, but it is misplaced. All the things must have balance, light and dark, good and evil, sound and silence. Without one, the other cannot exist. So if that's true, so if that's true, then God does nothing to fight evil. That might be your follow-up question. Of course he fights evil. Relentlessly, I am D'Artalian, one of his most holy and righteous angels. I roam the earth, disposing of evil wherever I find it. I kill the monsters you don't ever want to know about. I crush them completely so you can sleep at night. You humans have no idea how many of you live because of the work that I do. But what about Stalin, Hitler, Ted Bundy, Jack the Ripper? Well, those are the minor ones I had to let live. For balance, the ones I destroy are too horrible and vile to survive. What's funny is, while I could wager you never have heard the name D'Artagnan in any religious text, I bet you have heard of me. Americans, for example, have their own name for me. Sudden Instant Death Syndrome. That is really scary. I will read you how, because it actually does look good. I'm just going to see how long it is. Okay, it's quite long. I'll read you um, it right now. Hell by someone. I'm not going to say their name because, you know, I don't want it to be like copyright or anything. So the illustration says, I felt the presence of the cave as if it was a living, breathing creature. Oh, right. So, I kind of ruined it. Okay, I'll read it again. I felt the presence of the cave as if it was a living, living, breathing creature. Yeah, it definitely has that bit of text. It's just something that you have to look at for, which is quite cool. For a little Easter egg. Not really Easter egg. Horror egg, I guess. Okay, well, let's read it. There was no pearly gate. The only reason I knew I was in a cave was because I had just passed the entrance. The rock wall rose behind me with no ceiling in sight. I knew this was it. This was what religion talked about, what man feared. I had just entered the gate to hell. I felt the presence of the cave as if it was a living, breathing creature. See, there you go. There's that. Like sentence, I felt the presence of the cave as if it was a living, breathing creature. The stench of rotten flesh overwhelmed me. Then there was the voice. It came from inside and all around. Welcome. Who are you? I asked, trying to keep my composure. You know. You know, the thing answered. I did know. You are the devil, I started quickly, losing my composure. Why me? I've lived as good as I could. Silence took over the space and my words died out. It seemed like an hour went by before the response came. What did you expect? The voice was penetrating, but patient. I don't know. I never believed any of this. I uttered. Is that why I'm here? Silence. I continued. They say the greatest trick you ever pulled was convincing the world you don't exist. No. The greatest trick... I ever pulled was convincing the world that there is an alternative. There's no God, I shivered. The cave trembled with words. I am God. Okay, guys, if you are Christians and you are listening to this, yeah, God is real. 
Okay. Because <laughs> it does say, it's just a horror story. So, you know, these are going to be the horror stories. And then you come and it with me. So, yeah. I really hope you enjoyed this. Eleni wasn't in it much. We might do, like, another one. Don't think so. Like, we might. Because that's something else. We might do one at 6 a.m. We could do one at 5 a.m. Yeah. Okay, we'll do one at 5 a.m. Maybe. Maybe. But I'm not sure what about. No, we'll have a look. Have a look at what's there. And yeah, I really hope you enjoyed this. Um, I will edit them right now. Yes. And we'll post them on Spotify. One at 5 a.m. Yes. Anyway, I'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye.